In today's brief, we'll talk about a brutal Russian strike on civilians in Kupyansk, Armenia's bold move, and Punisher drones. I'm Linnea, and today is Thursday, October 5th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Russian losses on Tuesday and Wednesday included 25 tanks, 44 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, 78 artillery systems, three multiple launch rocket systems, or MLRS, 49 unmanned aerial vehicles, called UAVs, or drones, and 1,030 personnel. In the Eastern Theater of Operations, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited soldiers on the Liman-Kupyansk front in Kharkiv Oblast on October 3rd, reportedly discussing the operational situation on the battlefield, issues the brigades are facing, and the needs of both commanders and combatants. Geolocated footage showed Russian shelling east of Klishchivka, in fact, east of the railway embankment to which Russian forces had fallen back upon being forced out of the settlement. Additional geolocated footage indicates that Ukrainian forces now have a presence on the outskirts of Kurdyumivka, a tactically significant town just south of Klishchivka. In the southern theater of operations, the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, reported that geolocated footage published on October 2nd indicated marginal Ukrainian advances northwest of Novomayorska, about 18 kilometers southeast of Velika Novosilka in Donetsk Oblast, and ongoing counteroffensive operations in western Zaporizhia Oblast. The ISW also reported that the combat capabilities of some of the Russian units fighting near Orykhiv have deteriorated significantly, and they are no longer able to carry out counterattacks nor repel Ukrainian advances. During a conference call with military leadership, Russian Minister of Defense and Pretend General Sergei Shoigu commended and attributed successful defensive operations around Robotne and Verbova to units that are basically crumbling due to their commanders ordering a constant succession of counterattacks, while other units defending the area went unmentioned, which might indicate that Shoigu is consciously honoring commanders who are following orders from higher-ups regardless of the impact on the soldiers in their units. On the Black Sea, it seems like Ukraine has successfully called Russia's bluff regarding blocking international cargo vessels going to and from Ukrainian ports. While the ships still have to navigate with extreme caution, hugging the coasts of Bulgaria and Romania on the route between Ukraine and the Bosporus, at least seven ships have now completed the journey, reaching three Ukrainian deep-sea ports using the temporary corridor and loading up with grain and iron ore for export. According to Ukrainian Operational Command South spokesperson Natalia Khumenyuk, at the beginning of the full-scale invasion in February 2022, vessels from the Russian Black Sea fleet would come within the distance of an artillery strike from Ukrainian-controlled coastlines. But now the front line is at least 100 nautical miles, or 185 kilometers, from the coast, and ships, quote, do not dare to go beyond Cape Tarhankut, end quote, in occupied Crimea, instead trying to demonstrate superiority in the Black Sea with tactical aircraft. 
On the home front, Russia indiscriminately shelled several towns in Sumy and Cherniv oblasts close to the border with Russia on October 1st, according to Ukrainian Operational Command North, utilizing cluster munitions and injuring several Ukrainian civilians. Earlier today, Russian forces directly targeted a hospital in Berislav in Kherson Oblast during an air attack. According to Kherson Oblast military and administrative governor Oleksandr Prokudin, quote, the fourth floor was completely destroyed, and another one was partially destroyed. The Russian attacks also damaged emergency service vehicles. Two medics were injured, end quote. Shortly after, Russian forces struck a grocery store and a café in the village of Froza in Kupiansk. At the time of recording, 51 people are reported to have been killed, including a six-year-old. According to Ukraine's security service, or SBU, the mayor of Sumy, presumably Oleksandr Lysenko, who has held the position since 2014, and the chief of the city council's infrastructure department, Oleksandr Zhurba, were arrested for taking a 2.13 million hryvnia bribe, that's approximately 58,000 U.S. dollars, in installations starting in November 2022. The Economist reported that Ukraine has ordered roughly 100 new high-voltage transformers to replace any that are destroyed by Russian strikes on Ukrainian energy infrastructure. Half of the transformers were to be manufactured in Ukraine, but attacks on factories have severely limited production. The other half were sourced from abroad and will be stored in neighboring Poland and Romania until they're needed. According to Ukrainian Energy Minister Herman Khaloshenko, Ukraine has a lot of experience handling these large-scale attacks, but Russia has also likely learned from their previous failure to destroy the system, and ultimately, Ukraine needs more air defenses. In the temporarily occupied territories, the Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, claimed that two Ukrainian-produced HRIM-2 operational tactical missiles were intercepted near Jankoy airfield in occupied Crimea on Sunday. Local reports, however, describe hearing explosions and seeing smoke from a fire, indicating there was some damage as a result of the strike. Legitimate and currently exiled mayor of occupied Melitopol, Ivan Fedorov, posted on Telegram that occupation authorities in Tokmak, in Zaporizhia Oblast, are panicking, quote, preparing for a hot summer, end quote, and have begun evacuating their families and entire educational institutions. Speaking of hot, let's talk about the Russian Federation. Satellite imagery and aviation data suggest that Russia could be preparing to test an experimental nuclear-powered cruise missile with a theoretical range of up to 14,000 miles at a remote base in the Arctic. Russia has conducted 13 known tests between 2017 and 2019, and the observed launch preparations mirror those previous tests. According to U.S. officials, the most successful of these previous tests lasted a little over two minutes, with the missile failing to achieve a distance anywhere near the advertised range, crashing into the sea 22 miles from the launch site. A quick clarification. It's important to note that this is a nuclear-powered missile, not a missile equipped with a nuclear warhead. Russia already has several weapons systems in use in Ukraine that are capable of carrying a nuclear warhead. 
The Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB, is prosecuting Kursk Oblast Governor Roman Stadovoit for building fake defense structures in the oblast worth roughly 100 million U.S. dollars. According to the Ukrainian National Resistance Center, the FSB isn't pursuing the case because embezzling funds is wrong, but rather because they're upset they didn't get a cut of the money, which doesn't seem too far-fetched. On the night of October 4th, Ukrainian drones operated by the SBU reportedly hit the Russian Triumph S-400 air defense system near the Russian city of Bilgorod. Ukrainska Pravda reported that, according to a source within the SBU, the anti-aircraft system is valued at around 1.2 billion rubles and, quote, this is the second Triumph system that the SBU destroyed in the last month. The first one was hit in Yevpatoria on the 14th of September. The SBU advises the Russians to think about a new name for the system, end quote. Because getting blown up isn't particularly triumphant. In News Worldwide, Antonio Tajani, Italian Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation, announced this week that Italy has committed to assisting Ukraine with the restoration of the Transfiguration Cathedral in Odessa, which was damaged by a Russian missile attack at the end of July, noting that the best Italian architects will participate in the restoration project. The Armenian parliament ratified the Rome Statute on October 3rd, pledging to comply with the decisions of the International Criminal Court, or ICC. Much to Russia's chagrin, this means that since there exists a duly issued arrest warrant for Russian president-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin's arrest, if Putin were to travel to Armenia, a country that is technically Russia's ally, the Armenian government would be obligated to arrest him under the Rome Statute. I wonder if Russia is having second thoughts about declining Armenia's request for support under the CSTO Mutual Defense Clause last year. U.S. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller stated at a briefing on October 2nd that the U.S. has seen that Ukraine has taken aggressive steps to overcome corruption in the past few weeks and urged it to continue, saying, quote, They are going to be a neighbor of Russia in perpetuity. They need to have the economy that can support a security apparatus that can deter future Russian aggression. And they can't do that if there is widespread corruption in different sectors of the economy. End quote. U.S. President Joe Biden held a call with top U.S. allies on Tuesday morning after Congress passed a temporary spending bill that did not include aid for Ukraine. The call was reportedly to assure NATO and the G7 of the United States' continued support for Ukraine. Let's talk military tech. The U.S. confiscated roughly 1.1 million cartridges of Iranian 7.62mm ammunition back while intercepting a smuggling attempt to Yemen in December 2021. According to the Central Command of the U.S. Armed Forces, the seized cartridges were supplied to Ukraine on October 2nd. Turkish private arms producer Kanik has delivered 600 Kanik M2 heavy machine guns to Ukraine and is under contract to supply more. The M2 is a 12.7mm caliber gun capable of firing armor-piercing ammunition that can penetrate some lightly armored vehicles and can be used on the ground or mounted to vehicles. The Kanik M2 is a licensed copy of the U.S. Browning M2 heavy machine gun. 
The U.S. Army is reportedly ready to send Ukraine a supply of long-range attackums missiles armed with cluster munitions as soon as President Biden approves the transfer, according to Bloomberg, following the delivery of longer-range precision strike missiles to replace attackums in the Army's inventory. Germany plans to send an additional Iris-T air defense system and more than a dozen Gephard anti-aircraft guns to provide protection for Ukrainian grain routes along Romania's southern coast, set to arrive in Ukraine by the end of 2023, with further Iris-T units to follow as they're manufactured. Fifteen Ukrainian-designed Punisher drones are reportedly already operating effectively at the front, according to Ukrainian media outlet Liga.net, and another batch is expected this month. The Punisher is resistant to electronic warfare systems and is both quiet and effectively invisible, which allows it to successfully destroy Russian targets deep in the rear. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our work on Substack. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobacenia.